Well, good morning. How's everyone doing this morning? You guys doing well? Awesome. Awesome. Well, as Dustin said, my name is Jeff, and I'm the Appleton Campus Pastor. So glad to be with you this morning. Thank you so much for braving the snow. Come on, you're Wisconsin people, so you're tough anyways. You know, it's nothing to you. Get your big trucks and all that good stuff. So it's good, and uh, we're so glad that you're here today in church. I'm actually having the honor to preach this weekend because Pastor Aaron is away doing some business with Convoy of Hope. And so if you don't like me, come back next week. He'll be back, and uh, you can tell him how how bad I am, and that's okay. And uh, and so, but seriously, I just want to take a moment and just give honor uh, to where honor is due and just thank you so much to our pastor and how great he is leading us as a church and all these incredible things that are happening, greater, unstoppable, just such an incredible series and what God's doing. Can we just take a moment, just give it up for Pastor Aaron and Tammy. So thankful for them. So awesome. So awesome. Well, last week we started this series, Love Stories of the Bible, and we started talking about Jacob and Leah and Rachel and the awkward marriage that they had, and uh, it was just a joy. But we said this, that, hey, you got to get your priorities in the correct perspective, that if you're going to make this love story last, then God has to be first in your life, and your spouse has to be second. That's how we're talking about. God has to be first. He's the first in your life. He's the one who completes you. Without God, then you will never be satisfied. So we're going to continue this series today. We're going to talk about another Bible character in Genesis. We're actually going to go to Jacob's grandparents, and that's going to be Abraham and Sarah. So you can start with us. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 12. If you got your mobile device or you got your paper Bible with you because you're like, you know, if my mobile device dies and I need a word from the Lord, you know what I'm saying? What do you got? You know what I'm saying? Come on, somebody. But before we get there, I want to talk to you about this. Love stories are all about seasons, okay? They're all about Seasons, different seasons that you go into, different seasons that happen. Whether you're single in the room today, whether you're dating, whether you're married, whether you've been married longer than I've been alive, or whether your relationship status is simply complicated, life is about seasons, different seasons. And in those seasons, you can either be faithful to what God has called you to, or you can be faithless. We're going to define those for you so it's really clear. They're going to be on the screen for you. Faithful is this. It's hearing the word of the Lord and believing and doing it. Hearing the word of the Lord, believing and doing it. On the opposite side, there's faithless, which is taking matters into your own hands without God. Taking matters into your own hands without God. In this story today, you'll see that Abraham and Sarah, there's seasons where they go through where they're faithful. They're faithful to what God has for them. And then there's other seasons where they're faithless, where they take matters into their own hands. And so wherever you find your relationship status today, the love story that you're creating will be defined by how you respond to different seasons. Will you respond with faith or will you respond with something else? We're going to jump into Genesis chapter 12, but I'm telling you, I believe if you just hang on with me for the next few minutes that God can do something through this story to help you be prepared to be faithful in the seasons to come. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1, it says this, The Lord said to Abram, go from your country, from your people, from your father's household to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the people on earth will be blessed 
through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him. Pray with me, would you? Jesus, I pray right now that you would come into this place, that you would speak through your word. God, that we would leave here more encouraged. We would leave here more ready to be faithful to the love story that you have called us to. In Jesus' name, amen. So first things first. The first thing that says, I can't do this, this scripture justice without telling you, the first thing that God says to Abram is, go. He says, go. You need to leave everything you know. You need to leave your father's household. You need to leave your father's place. You need to leave your home country. And you need to go to the land that I will show you. What he's saying is, if you're going to receive the promise that I have for you, Abram, then you can't stay where you are. You need a position change. You can't step into what I have for you and stay where you are. You need to have a position change. Now, I think some of you in the room, you haven't had the love story that you've been looking for. You haven't found it that you've been looking for because you haven't had a position change. Maybe you've been looking for that future spouse or you've been looking for that next dating relationship, but you're looking at the bar. You need a position change. Maybe your relationship with your spouse or your marriage has been rough over the past few years. It's like we just can't seem to be on the same page. Maybe you need a position change. Maybe you can sign up for a marriage life group or maybe you can sign up for marriage counseling. I need a position change because if I'm going to step into the promise that God has for me, then I can't stay exactly where I am. Maybe you don't like where your family is. You don't like how your family's responding to situations. You don't like how maybe worldly your family feels. Maybe you need a position change back to church. And I know I'm preaching to the choir because the people who are getting here in the snow today, come on, somebody shout amen. You know what I'm saying? And, but maybe you need a position change. I need to be committed. Abram was faithful to follow God out of his home country and into the land that God showed him. But in the next few seasons that we'll walk through, you'll see that he has some times of being faithless. Because with each new season, sometimes comes a new challenge. And with each new challenge, you have a new opportunity to be faithful. So let's look at this just a few verses later. Chapter 12, 11, verses 11 through 13. It says this. As Abram was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife Sarai, I know what a beautiful woman you are. When the Egyptians see you, they'll say, this is his wife. And they'll kill me, but they'll let you live. Verse 13, say you are my sister, so I will be treated well for your sake. And my life will be spared because of you. What a guy. You know what I mean? Essentially, what he is saying is this. Whenever you went into a different region back in that country, you're, you walked into the region, you would go up to the ruler of the region. If the ruler of the region wanted to take your wife as his wife, he'd just kill you, okay? Very gladiator. I know, Russell Crowe, all that good stuff, okay? So he'd just kill you, take his wife as your wife. And so Abram's walking to Egypt like an Egyptian, and he's walking over there, and, and he looks over at his, at his wife, and he goes, hey, you're good looking, you know? He's like, hey, girl, you all that and a bag of chips. He looks down at himself and he says, I'm a four out of ten. And I know how he feels, you know? I'm like, got to wear spanks underneath these shirts, you know? Like, got to suck it in. He looks at her, hey, you're, a, I, I, you're, you're good looking. So here's the deal. And, you know, she's blushing. You know, he's trying to have a good Valentine's night. You know what I mean? Like, she's blushing. He goes, so here's the deal. You should probably say you're my sister. Excuse me. What would you say? Well, he does like, you don't want me to die, do you? Like, like if we go there, they're going to look at you and look at me and look at you and look at me, and then I'm going to die. Like, that's what's going to happen. So, like, 
you know, like, you should probably say you're my sister. I mean, you, you, are you sure, like, what happened to him is something that happens to all of us in our love stories. We step into a season of fear. He's walking up to Egypt and he steps into the season of fear. He's afraid of what could happen to him. Abram already heard from God. God said to him that I'm going to make you a great nation. God said to him, anyone who curses you, I will go against them. So you don't have to worry about it. But yet as he's walking up to Egypt, he begins to have this doubt. He begins to have this fear of what if, what if something happens? What if the ruler kills me and marries Sarai and then we won't make a great nation? So what if that happens? He talked himself out of the promise of God. When my wife Abby and I were first getting ready to get married, we went to a bank because we were going to open a joint bank account, right? And so we went there and we had our interview with a guy and I think his name was Dan, you know. So Dan's there and Dan's like, awesome, you guys want to start a bank account? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, so like, just so we're clear, you know she'll know what you buy and you know what she buys. And I'm like, yeah? You know, like, what's the deal? He's like, but no, like, you know she's going to see what you buy. And I'm like, yeah. Then he starts doing, you know, baseball signals. She's going to know what you buy. I'm like, looking back, I could have got rid of, you know, a little extra shame when I was eating Taco Bell when I probably shouldn't have, and it shows, okay? So it's like, you know what? Fine, in hindsight. But I'm like, no, we get it. Like, okay, we're cool. Like, we know. We're going to see what each other buys. He's like, you know, but here's the deal. Like, if you guys don't make it, the money, like, does, it's pretty hard to figure that out if you're, you're in the same bank account. And I'm like, okay. He's like, so we basically, we just tell everyone who's getting married, just get separate bank accounts. Because when you don't make it, it's just a little easier for us and the money. Like, thanks for the pep talk, Dan, you know. What are you talking about? This is ridiculous. We usually advise people when it doesn't work out, this is easier. What if? Sometimes we allow the voices of other people and the fear on us to talk of Talk us out of what God has already told us. Hey, what if this? But God already told you. But what if? What if I find the right person and our marriage doesn't work out? What if that happens? What if we don't have chemistry and so we have to have sex before marriage because what if we don't have that physical chemistry? I mean, if we have kids like, what if we don't have kids? Like, what if we can't? Or what if we have kids and they're weird? You know, like, depends. If you're weird, they probably will be, you know? Take a look at yourself, okay? Like, I mean, I know we're supposed to live, like, generous lives, and we're supposed to be tithers, and we're, and we're supposed to, to be obedient, but what if we don't have enough money to pay for our bills? I know we're supposed to be in a community, and I know we're supposed to, Sign up for life groups because they talk about it every single week and we get it. And what if we go to a life group and it's weird, you know? You're not coming to mine, so it's okay. Mine's weird. You know, I'm just kidding. It's not. That was supposed to be a joke. That died. <laughs> every time I write a joke, I'm telling you. Here's a question, though. Will you be faithful to what God has promised you, to what he's called you to? Or will you allow the what ifs? Will you allow the voices of, of other people, will you allow the situations that you're walking through to talk you into a faithless decision or a faithless season? 
The next season I want to talk about is a very difficult season. It's called this, the season of waiting. The season of waiting. Genesis chapter 16, just a few chapters later, we're going to read a couple verses, verses 1 through 2. Now Sarai, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children. Remember, God's promise was you will be a great nation, but up to this point she had borne him no children. She had an Egyptian maidservant named Hagar. She said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Now go and sleep with my maidservant. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Waiting is difficult. Sarai is getting ahead of the promise of God. She's getting ahead of what God has told her. So what does she do? She decides to take matters into her own hands. She said, perhaps I can build a family through my maidservant, Hagar. Perhaps I can build a family. God has clearly kept me from having children, so I got to take matters into my own hands. Do you see how the promise that God had told her has now shifted into something that she can fix? It's shifted into something that she can do with her own strength. See, but the problem isn't the promise of God, it's our patience. Woo, amen. I'll amen myself, you know what I'm saying? Jesus amened himself. Okay, instead of waiting faithfully for God to do what he said he would do, she makes a faithless decision and she says to Hagar, or she says to Abram, go sleep with Hagar. Well, this hasn't happened yet, so I guess I better take matters into my own hands. This decision that she makes, that they make as a couple to take matters into their own hands is a decision that would hurt and have pain for this family for generations to come all the way up till today. This faithless decision to say, I'm not going to trust God with what he said and believe it. I'm going to take matters into my own hands. How often do we take matters that only God can do and we turn them into something that we should do? God, only you can do this. Ends up in a season of waiting. We can rationalize. I probably, I should just do it. I mean, you haven't done it yet. So like, I should probably just, I should just do it. I think there's a lot of people who can relate to Sarai because waiting is difficult. And when you see your love story passing you by, it's easy to begin to take matters into your own hands. You might be the girl in here who's single and who's in her 30s and all your friends have three kids already. I mean, it's like, how quickly can you people have kids? You know, like, this is crazy. They have three kids already, and you're still going on dates, Christian coffee dates at Starbucks where the guy's paying an exact change, you know? It's like 7.42. Put it on a gift card, okay? This is ridiculous. And you're like, you know, I can't be single anymore. I, I can't do it. So instead of waiting for the right Christian relationship, you decide to settle for two things. You settle for a guy who has a pulse and who doesn't live with his parents. That's it. You got a pulse, you don't live with your parents. We can hang out. So we take matters into our own hands because we just can't be single anymore. Maybe you've been waiting for kids for a while, for years, and it seems like it's just never going to work out. It's so easy to watch your love story of your life pass you by and think, man, I can't wait any longer. Like, God must really not care about me. 
It's easy to make that switch and say, I just, I don't know, like, God probably just doesn't think we're good parents, I guess. I mean, he probably just thinks we should be alone. It's easy to make that shift in the season of waiting. Or maybe you're married here this morning, but your spouse isn't here. And you have this incredible relationship with Jesus and you're like, God, you've changed my life and, and, and I love church, I love what's happening. And you want so badly for your spouse to come and experience that with you. And so you, you begin to pray and you begin to, to love on them and, and just encourage them. But, but after a while, it gets too long. You're waiting for too long. And so we begin to manipulate and we begin to, to, to guilt them to come to church. And then they end up hating church because we're manipulating. See, the Bible says that it's the Lord's kindness that brings us to repentance. Waiting is hard. Will you be faithful in waiting for the promise that God has for you? Or will you make a faithless decision and say, I'm going to take matters into my own hands? I'm going to, I just got to, you know what, God, you're not doing this. It's been too long. I got to do it. The third season that I want to talk about today is this. It's a season of trusting. First season is a season of fear. Second season is a season of waiting. But this season is a season of trusting. Season of trusting. I want to show you two different verses, both from both perspectives, from Abraham's perspective and from Sarah's perspective. Genesis chapter 17 says this, Abraham, he was Abram, now he's Abraham, fell face down. He laughed and said to himself, will a son be born to a man who's a hundred years old? Will Sarah build, bear a child at the age of 90? One more verse, Genesis 18, 12 through 14, it says this. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought. After I'm worn out and my master is old, will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh when, and say, will I really have a child now that I'm old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? Now, I want you to understand something because I think we have a very hard time understanding this because to us, it's just a few page turns. But this has been 30 years 30 years. I mean, if someone doesn't respond to some of our texts in 30 minutes, it's like, I'm done with you, you know? I'm blocking you on Facebook, Instagram, don't even call me next week, you know? Like, you didn't like my post. I mean, we're like, this is, we live in that instant gratification. Like, sometimes it's like you have to realize your phone is sending something to space and back. Just give it a minute, you know? Like, this is, calm down, okay? 30 years. Can you imagine their season of trusting God to do this? Like one year. Cool. Five years. Yeah, this is getting to be a little, little bit. 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 years. Look how long it took me from get to one to 30. It's nothing compared to 30 years of trusting God. 30 years. The longer they waited to see the promise the harder it got for them to trust the promise. The longer you wait for the promise that you believe God has spoken to you in your love story, whether that's to get married, whether that's to have children, whether that's to have your marriage restored and healed, 
the longer you wait for that promise, the harder it is to trust God with that promise. I mean, they're literally laughing at God, laughing. So God says, what you laughing about? You know, like they're laughing. They're thinking, God, this ship has sailed, okay? I don't know if you understand this because you created humans, but it don't work at 100 like it does at 25, okay? Like stuff ain't computing here, God. Like this is impossible. Seems impossible to trust you with this, God. The fact that you're going to create a great nation when I'm 100 years old and Sarah's 90, Abram's like, there's no way. Abraham's like, there's no way. That ship has sailed. Maybe you came in here after another broken relationship. You said, you know what? That ship has sailed. It's over. Maybe you came in here after another fight with your spouse. And you're like, you know what? I just, I can't, I can't do it anymore. Like, trust me, we all get it. You're fighting when you're coming into the parking lot, okay? And you're walking into church and you see the greeters. Hey, good morning. Would you stop already? Pick these seats. You know, you know, like, that's what we do, you know? Maybe it's just me and my wife, okay? It's just like, would you just, you know, we'll push this till afterwards. Okay. Another fight. I just, I can't do it. Maybe you became, you came back from another doctor's appointment. Seems impossible. We've been trying for years. Seems like it's never going to happen. Check this out. Check what God says to them. I love it. It's absolutely incredible. God responds to their laughter with this question. Is anything too hard for the Lord? I want to talk to you about that because I believe there's so much power in that sentence. There's so much power in that statement. Is anything too hard for the Lord? You may have walked in here with your divorce paper signed and you're ready, but is anything too hard for the Lord? You may have decided that, you know what, I'm done. I'm giving up. I'm never going to find somebody. Is anything too hard for the Lord? You may be so down thinking our adoption's never going to come through. We're never going to have children. You may be looking at the children you have thinking they're never coming back to the Lord. Our love story's broken. I don't want anyone to know about it. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Something must have happened in Abraham and Sarah when God said that. Something must have shifted in their spirit. Something must have changed from because they had made all these faithless decisions, but now they're going to make this faithful decision to trust God. They're going to trust God. And just a little while longer, they're going to have a son be born named Isaac. They decided to trust God in that season and make a faithful decision. Here's a phrase for you to take home if you're struggling. Here's a phrase for you to take home if you don't know what's going on. I don't know when, but I know you will. I don't know when, but I know you will. I don't know when you're going to figure this thing out, God. I don't know when our marriage is going to be restored. I don't know when we're going to have children. I don't know when we're going to figure this out, but I know you will. You promised me. You said this. This is the love story that I'm following. I'm doing everything I can, God. I don't know when, but I know you will. I'm holding on to that promise. I'm holding on to the promise that you're going to do what you said. 
If God spoke it, then he will do it. The Bible says that his word never returns void. If God spoke to you that you're going to have a family, if God spoke to you about that marriage, if God spoke to you about that redemption, is anything too hard for the Lord? How will you respond? How will you respond today? How will you respond after just this short time together? We're talking about this story. How will you respond? Will you make a faithful decision to say, God, I'm going to trust you. When we walk through fears, when we walk through waiting, when we walk through trusting, God, I'm going I'm to be faithful. I'm going to hold on to what you said. I don't know when, but I know you will. Or maybe, are you going to make the decision to walk out and say, you know what, I got to do this. I got to take this into my own hands. I, I'm afraid I got to make a shift. I, I can't hold on any longer. I can't wait anymore. I'm too afraid. I don't know if I can do this. I want to show you how they responded. I want to show you how Abraham and Sarah responded. And I want to show you how later on, thousands of years later, it's told in the Bible how they responded. Check it out. Romans chapter 4, verses 19 through 21. It's the Apostle Paul. He says this. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Since he was about 100 years old and Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do exactly what he had promised. That's the verse I want you to underline. If you underline in your Bible, if you highlight it, if you've got to write it on something, I believe that God has fully the power to do exactly what he promised, to do exactly what he said. It may not be in your timing. It may not be in year one. It may be in year 30, but he has the power and he can do it. I want to tell you today that if you came in here and you're struggling and you don't know what's going to, you may have came in here and said, I'm done. I'm done with relationships. I don't even know why I'm here in this love story series. I don't even want to hear what you have to say. God has the power to do exactly what he promised you. Don't quit. Don't give up. I don't know when, but I know you will. I don't know when, God. I don't know when our marriage is going to be restored. I don't know when I'm going to figure this out. I don't know when I'm going to find this healing, but I know you will. I'm going to ask heads bowed, eyes closed all across this room right now. I'm going to pose a question to you. If you're in one of those seasons that I talked about, maybe you're in a season of fear. Maybe you're in a season of waiting. Maybe you're in a season of trusting. And maybe you came in here with a bad report. You came in here with a, with a broken heart. You came in here with a broken relationship. You came in here hurting. And you need some prayer. 
and you need prayer because you're, you don't know if you can truly believe that God's going to do what he promised. You're sitting here and you're thinking, you're, you're sitting next to your spouse. I don't know if you can truly fix this, God. I don't know if you can truly do what you promised. I want to ask you to do something. I want to ask you to take a step of faith. And in just a moment, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand. Because you're just saying to the Lord, Lord, I need strength to believe that you have the power to do what you've promised. God, I need strength through this season of fear. God, I need strength through this season of waiting. God, I need strength through the season of trusting. And I just want to lift my hand as a symbol to you to say, Lord, I'm going to put my trust in you. I don't know when, but I know you will. I need healing today. I want to leave here different than I came. That's you. I want you to lift your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. Shoot them up all over this room. Praise God. So cool. So cool. You can put those hands down. Jesus, I pray for everyone who lifted their hand all over this room right now. God, they're going through a season of fear, maybe a season of waiting, maybe a season of trusting. But they're here and they're shooting up their hand saying, is anything too hard for you, God? I'm going to believe that you have the power to do exactly as you promised. God, I pray that marriages would be healed in Jesus' name. God, I pray that doctor reports would be turned around in Jesus' name. God, I pray that relationships would be found. I pray that children would come home. I pray that your love story that's your writing, they would be faithful. And they would trust you to do exactly as you promised. God, maybe it's not in our timing. Maybe it's not in the exact way. But Lord, we're going to trust you to do exactly as you promised because you have the power. And we're putting all of our hope and all of our trust in you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.